This is Sports Best, presented by Reposted on the Reposted Podcast Network, coming at you like a roofer waiting till 7 a.m. to ring your doorbell right at that moment and start pounding on the door. He is Larry Asbestos Shingle Olson. I am Andrew Torchdown Keller. How is the weather looking on this roofing morning for you, Larry? Yes, I'd better, rather be a roofer than a drywaller. All is good. All is good, Mr. Keller. Oh, I completely disagree with that. A roofer <laughs> is one of the worst jobs you could have. Drywall sometimes going to be inside. Nothing can... like smelling tar in the morning. Ooh, yeah, I guess that's true. But um, roofing is, is not in my future. Baseball! Baseball! Happy baseball to you and yours. Baseball season opening up this week. It was supposed to be we mentioned this earlier in the week, that every single team in the league was going to play its opening game on the same day for the first time since 1968. But as you know, the Nets and Mets game was postponed because of coronavirus issues. So we will not have the complete opening day this year. Tragic. So sad. A couple of changes. Of course, 162 games scheduled. They had 102 more than last year. They only played 60. There's no universal DH. American League still has it. National League doesn't. Yankees, this is what I found interesting. The Yankees have not been to the World Series since 2009, which seems like they were there every single year for a while now. Yeah, from like 95 till the mid-2000s, I feel like it was always always the Yankees that were going to make it. So, And if, and if you're, uh, you know, some uh, – I the Bay Area, it's like 25% capacity for baseball teams. In Texas, it's wide open. Some form or another, stands will be back in – our fans will be back in the stands. There were only 12 players and five staff members who tested positive for COVID at spring training camp among the 72,751 tests. So our, our positive rates are going down, which is, which is nice. And maybe we're going to start trending more towards other stadiums going at full capacity, which, which is also nice. I, so you said a couple of changes. I don't know if changes is the right word. We're going back to normal, back to 162 games. And while we officially gave a World Series uh, trophy to a team, there's a huge asterisk by it because they did not play a full season. People are talking about e the Dodgers going back to back. E I say if the Dodgers win, it is not. E it does not count as a back to back because they were handed the consolation JV World Series trophy. Easy cheesy. Do you think they're going to go back to back? Some are saying it's the greatest baseball team in the history of baseball. Um, the hyperbole in early season baseball is out of control. When was the last time you went to, I don't even know the real name of it. Chavez Latrine is what everyone calls it. But what, <laughs> What's the um, name of the stadium? Chavez Latrine. I've never heard that. Chavez Ravine, thank you very uh, much. I will not be there to see them hoist the banner and get their World Series rings. I usually go once a year or bring my go down and see my mom. We all had to again get a couple of Dodger dogs. We usually go every year. Yeah, well, I, I still haven't been. I think it's something I should check out. Well, Sometime the, the thing the about future. the tickets would be is that it's like right now I was looking on StubHub. It's like 10x because there's right. only 25% capacity except for the Texas Rangers. It's like, it's like 10x. So if you think you're going to spend... $10 on a ticket, you're going to spend 100 If you usually spend 25 you're going to spend yeah. 250 So with all this baseball talk, the people have been predicting who's going to win the World Series. A lot of people are saying the Dodgers. I think it's interesting that one of the predictions that's like widely used is who's going to win Rookie of the Year, which mm. seems like a very strange thing to predict. And the name that keeps coming up 
in my search is Andrew Vaughn. He has a $7.2 million signing bonus with the White Sox. So they're, they're putting all their chips towards him. I don't Can you pick who the rookie of the year is going to be? You don't know how you're going to perform at the show. That's a great question. I is Andrew Vaughn the guy from the Bay Area? The White Sox have a bunch of young players. They've been stockpiling for a while. He grew up in Southern California, but I don't oh. know if uh, he's from California, so that's something. Yeah, there's some dude in the. I mean, I don't think that's him. But anyways, the White Sox have a bunch of young players. That's why they hired Tony Larusa. I think it could be a White Sox. I mean, why not? I mean, why not? But everyone wants to do predictions. I was looking at the headlines today and. There's a mock draft going on for must-win situations, and they're talking about how the Patriots are going to pick a wide receiver. So these these predictions and mock drafts are just, I don't know, people love the content, and I don't know if 162 games from now we're going to be talking about Andrew Vaughn, but he's getting some coverage right now. And as you said, in Texas, we say... It is baseball time in Texas. I wanted to play that drop so bad and I just forced it in, but uh, you were, I, I checked. There are still uh, tickets available for Texas's opening day next week against the blue Jays tickets range from 90 to $650. 90 10X. seems about normal for an opening day ticket, yeah, but about 10 X ish. Well, the other things to pay attention to is modified baseballs. They changed the baseballs. We talked about this. There were 6,776 home runs in 2019. That's the full season. They really want more hits, less home runs. So it'll be interesting to see how the new baseball plays out this season. Yeah, there's a, they're always they're always wanting what they don't have. We want more <laughs> home runs. Is that true about everybody? Pitching. We all want what we don't have. That's the story of my life. <laughs> well, basketball news before no. we get into the final four. As right before we started recording this. UNC coach, 70-year-old Roy Williams, has announced that he is retiring after 48 years of coaching. What will you remember from Roy Williams in his 33 years at UNC? Well, that's a good question. You know, it's funny. I remember him mostly as the Kansas coach. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's that's how I think of him. And then remember, there was a chance that he was going to go back to North Carolina, turn it right. down, stayed, and then he eventually went back. That's I guess that's how I'll remember him. Yeah, it's uh it's he's he's one of a few left like you'll have a uh, coach k and then i don't know who else is like going to be doing that their entire career i think a lot of people you'll think of bouncing around but roy williams has been a staple in college basketball he'll be missed maybe he'll come back we don't know maybe r.i.p roy when he didn't die roy so there's four teams left in the tournament you got gonzaga yes. against ucla and uh, they opened up at uh, Gonzaga's favored by 14 and you got Baylor favored by five. Do you think uh, those are appropriate lines? I already have money on it with our intern. He's trying, he's trying to dig himself out of a hole. Out of a $200 hole. Is that what it is? That's what he's trying to dig himself out of. He's about to get deeper into it. I got so, Gonzaga plus four. I got UCLA plus 14. Here's my question back to you. Will there be a riot if UCLA wins the final? A riot? I don't know. I think LA is spread out enough that it would be difficult for a riot to happen, but I think people will be, um, I will say this, that there will be fireworks. LA loves their fireworks. <laughs> Any day of the week, I might hear fireworks. I don't understand why people love them. So, I mean, I like fireworks, but the fact that they happen all year, uh, one of our neighbors when we moved in is like, watch out on 4th of July because this neighborhood goes nuts. And so we're going to have to, either leave town or lock down or I don't know what to think. 
Pretty interesting contract. Gonzaga, as you know, undefeated. They're trying to become the first team since 1975-76's Indiana team to complete the perfect season. Going up against UCLA, which limped into the tournament to begin with and is an 11th seed. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't see how Gonzaga doesn't win that game by 14, at least. Oh, a little bit more action if you want on it. I got oh. So wait a minute. Which way did you take the uncle? I got the UCLA inter- at plus fourteen. I think okay. uh, I think they're going to cover. What do, you then, think uh, Baylor, what do you think Baylor Houston, the little Texas showdown? Like, so this is my question to you, uh, as from the great state of Texas. Like, are most people in Texas rooting for Houston or Baylor, Baylor. if you have no skin in the game? Oh, really, Baylor? I mean, Baylor. Like I've said so many times, is the little brother of the sports, but. It's UT, A&M, Texas Tech, then Baylor. And Houston's kind of a – it's a good school. It's a good academic school, but they're not known for their sports in the last 30 years. So I think more people are just Baylor fans in general. Can, hold on real quick. Because we are recording this, I just want to make sure I get it again. Houston is a good academic school? Yes. What? Are you serious? Yeah. I don't believe that. Okay. I don't believe that. All right. Well, we'll we'll put up a, a Houston uh, alum against a Wolfpack alum and see who does better on the SAT. <laughs> I would love that. As we know, standardized testing is the only way to judge intelligence. All right. We have breaking man code infraction news. Now, you know the actor Michael Rappaport. Yeah, I remember post- him from Boston Public. I remember him from Beautiful Girls. Oh, I remember him from seeing him at the uh, the comedy store and Nicole being like, this guy is aggressively unfunny. She oh, he not was not like a good Michael Rappaport. Not funny. Well, I mean, he was getting laughs, but uh, he's not her particular style of comedy. Anyways, that actor that we're talking about, he posted screenshots of direct messages in a private conversation that he had with Kevin Durant. And in these this private conversation, KD dropped uh, some bees and some before pee. you get into that though the conversation happened in december and he posted it at the end of march as if he was a victim i'll let you continue but that i think that's important well okay he dropped b's p's and s's some really racially insensitive things mm-hmm. so my question first of all is is it okay as a man to just start whenever it is to to take screenshots of your direct messages i mean I feel like man code says like we're having a private conversation and then you share that with the world. I feel like that's a major man code violation. I think, yes, I think in this instance it is. And he posted as if he was being threatened. He's like Kevin Durant's threatening my wife and he's a snake. I think if you feel threatened, take those screenshots now and then post it, be like, post it in December, post it the day it happens or the next day. I, it coming out on March 30th when the conversation happened on December 20th feels calculated. I don't know what the point of holding on to the screenshots are. Well, okay. Here's the deal with this. Does he feel um, threatened or is he looking for some publicity? I mean, it seems like he's looking for pub. Yeah. I think that's a a common thing. I mean, that that's the assumption. Anytime an actor comes out and says something, because you haven't heard anything in a while. Also with COVID and, Hollywood essentially being shut down for a year. Everyone's just trying to keep their name relevant. And so maybe that's a good thing. You just troll athletes and you try to get something out of them and then you hold on to it. Maybe we're going to hear it in the next couple of days that Michael Rappaport is working on a new project, possibly. 
you know, uh, all I know about Michael Rappaport is that uh, he's not that great of a stand-up comedian. That's all I've been told. Um, so I don't know anything about him as a person. But Kevin Durant, does he not know in this day and age, if you send things yeah. on the text messages, they might end up for the world to see? I mean, we know that Kevin Durant has, has historically been sensitive, and I guess it's easy to trigger him. And Michael Rappaport, just based on his public persona, doesn't seem like someone <laughs> that would take screenshots and put you on blast. Like It felt like just general <laughs> crap talking, but I don't know. I mean, maybe the move to do is you go to the Spearmint Rhino, you give your... <laughs> You give your phone to someone else and you just enjoy. I think the main thing that we can take away from the story is that James Harden knows how to live his life and Kevin Durant does not. Because I'm not seeing I'm not seeing texts from James Harden dropping P's, D's, and Q's. Right? So well. I have never been on a private plane, but uh, the Utah Jazz were taken off to fly to play against Memphis, and they hit a flock of birds, and uh, they thought that was the end. Uh, the Jazz point guard, Mike Conley, said, for a good 10 or 15 minutes, I think all of us on the flight were questioning if we were going to be here today, and uh, I think that was... That was amazing. And Donovan Mitchell, so they, they they hit the birds. It was very turbulent. They did an emergency landing. Donovan Mitchell, citing personal reasons, did not get on the next flight and missed the game. So he, <laughs> he was already afraid of flying. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would get on the plane after that tumultuous. You know, the reason I put this this story into the, the rundown today is, is just this. Like 30 big, strong alpha males riding on a plane, probably the black plane Blu-ray, yeah. And then all of a sudden, for 10 minutes, they think they're going to die. And you got to believe someone is just freaking out. And so now they have to live with the fact that they act like a bunch of little girls that thought they were going to die and then just go on like life is normal again. How would you act if you thought the plane was going to crash? Would you That's act a like a stoic, a stoic no, no. chisel not, of a man? No, no. But I'm just saying, I think it's funny that there's like these 30 alpha males who usually are trying to badass each other. And then right. pretendants, they think they're going to die and they're sitting on each other's lap. And then they just like, oh, back to normal. We're all good. Gilbert Arenas was on the plane and he pulled out his gun and said, hey, you better <laughs> land this plane. And so they were fine. And so <laughs> it ended up being... I just think it's just you think for 10 minutes, you think you're going to die and then you're going to go back to normal. Anyway, I just that's a little uh, I don't know. I'm putting my parents on blast. They were flying to Cancun, I think, for their honeymoon and they had to do an emergency landing. And uh, my mom did not fly again until my brother was in college. Mm. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, just drug me up like B.A. Baracus in 18. As we're little... talking, I want to read this. I texted our mutual friend, a pilot, and uh, he wrote back, I've hit several birds and it didn't do anything, but the Air Force has lost several planes due to bird strikes. So I guess it was uh, on the jazz flight. It sounds like it caused compressor compressor stalls engine damage and then they had to shut it down and return they had lost both engines obviously worse it can cause flight control damage picture shooting a bird 10 bird at 200 miles an hour to the flap that's not that helpful but it came in as we were recording listen another great uh, story about this the movie we are marshall about the marshall football team the whole team died oh, yeah. in like the 70s matthew mcconaughey vehicle great movie it's like touching and heartwarming yeah. We'll see. We are Marshall. Bring the, and you know what? 
And the song American Pie is about a plane crash. That's heartwarming and touching. Gosh, and uh, Richie Valens died in a plane crash? Yeah. Are we um, doing that game where we got a first person that doesn't have a plane crash story? Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yeah, that's not funny. I'm not laughing at that. Uh, we have Supreme Court news this week. The highest court in land heard oral arguments as to whether amateurism is an essential part of the NCAA business model. The question in front of the court is whether the NCAA deserves special relief from normal antitrust rules in order to not have to pay athletes. The NCAA argues that amateurism rules are essential to making college sports a product people want to consume as a product distinct from professional sports, to which uh, Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett said, wait, consumers love watching unpaid people play sports? I mean, do you like watching your kids play sports? Do you love but, watching your son play basketball? Uh, but the, the argument, whether you, whether you, do you think the argument holds up that the NCAA is saying, like, if we don't pay them, that's what makes people want to watch NCAA basketball? I think the dam's about to break and players are going to get paid. It's, it's been fighting this for a while. And I mean, even Clarence Thomas said, quote, it strikes me as odd that coaches' salaries have ballooned and they are in the amateur ranks as our players. And Clarence Thomas is, is historically very pro-business, and you would think he would side on the side of, NC, of NCAA, but that makes it kind of sounds like – times have changed from when they, when they came up with these rules because you would have a side job and education meant more, and now there's so much at stake. It's – the NCAA is making so much money. It's it, it seems untenable for it to continue this way. For God's sakes, the Olympics change. Remember when like NBA basketball players oh, could yeah. play in the Olympics, but now they can. Same yeah. with professional volleyball players. Same with all sorts of sports. And the NCAA is still arguing that if we pay our players, it, it's a different sport. Yeah, I I, I mean, I get the NCAA's uh, why they would do that. I mean, if I was in charge of you want, you want to make as much money as you can for your shareholders and pay it out as the least amount. I, I don't think businessmen or business people do things for the greater good. They do it for the bottom line and it makes sense for the, I mean, it's better for the NCAA not to pay them, but I think they're going to have to. But if you just do any digging at all, you see that like University presidents, athletic directors, directors of conferences make millions of dollars. That's where all this money is going and the players make none. They're not helping their cause by having these billion dollar salaries, these administrators. Right. So I like I'm fully on board for the players getting paid. I, I would I'm still going to watch. I, I just my question is, like, how do you work that out? Like, who gets paid? What does like every player in the free market? In, really? I mean, do you think that's what they're going to say? I don't know if that's I, I really don't think that's what they're going to say, but I mean, I think it should be to some extent. I don't know. There's there. It'll happen five years from now. There'll be a union. There'll be a minimum wage. And then all of a sudden you're going to start getting paid in high school. Like, but just know. like, what are we talking like? Is like an NBA or like a college basketball player going to make $40,000 a year? Or is it going to be like 2000? Well, I mean, on top of whatever they value their education at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to make the power schools even more powerful because Alabama is going to have more spending money or yep. more salary cap to be able to pay their players. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, it should be interesting. I, I didn't know this. I, I looked it up. The NCAA was originally founded in 1905 when Teddy Roosevelt got a group of administrators to come to the White House to talk about 
how dangerous football was to keep players quote from getting gored and killed on the field. And then they figure that out. And then later on, it moves into this body that enforces amateurism rules. And I think that's more of what NCAA does now. Uh, I would just say this. It's kind of what you just said is that most organizations and people evolve. Things change. Rules change. The NCAA is still holding to this like no pay. That's yeah. not a good good look for them. They got to They should have changed conform to their rules it's very archaic and it's see i mean it seems obvious but we're finally at the doorstep of getting a decision made so speaking of decisions the february 23rd crash of tiger woods a cause has been determined <laughs> alex villanueva of uh, the Los Angeles investigation team, I think he was with the police, says a cause has been determined. The investigation has concluded. And they're not going to tell us what happened. Is this normal? I don't know if it's normal. They're saying there's privacy issues. I'm releasing information on the investigation. So they're going to ask Tiger Woods and his personnel if they want to waive their uh, privacy. And then they will release everything. But as of now, they're like, hey, we know what happened. It's such a high-profile thing. Someone's going to leak it. So why would they say that? Like, why do they have to say we know what caused it? Did, like, why just why even say that? It just causes us to want to know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe here's what's going to happen. Okay. In about a week, Michael okay. Rappaport is going to have a press <laughs> conference and he's going to release the details of this Tiger Woods crash. And, and let me guess, oh. it's going to involve a bunch of P's and B's and S's? And Q's. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I had already forgotten about it. I'm curious again. I saw this. And I was like, ooh, we got to find out. Listen, it, honest to God, it's, I'm not a CHP officer, but I'll play one on the uh, Sports Best podcast. He was probably speeding, right? He, that's it. I mean, he was speeding. Uh, He's probably texting. Oh. I mean, that makes the most sense. You keep your eyes off the road, you hit something, and then you overcorrect. I, I think it's less likely that he was speeding, but... Okay, once again, I know we disagree on this, but if you're Tiger Woods and you want to drive your own car, oh, yeah. why don't you just have someone drive it for you so you can no. text while they're driving? It's a control thing. Well, then why doesn't he have an assistant sitting in the next texting for him? I was early. He probably does a lot of times, but he doesn't live there, and he was using the, to, okay. the tournament's car. I'm going to double down again. Why doesn't he have a car that could do the thing with the voice text and the thing? Why doesn't he have a flying car as if he yes. was on the Jetsons? Yes, exactly. He could have Damn Rosie. You. He could have Rosie the robot text for Well, I think I'll get off and I will call Eric Estrada to see what the actual protocol is at CHP. I'm Andrew Keller for Larry saying thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next week.